Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com, and we got another awesome show lined up for you folks today. First, I'll be talking with Max Payne Griffin, fresh off of his absolute banger of a fight with Tiago Alves this weekend at UFC Fortaleza. We'll be talking all about the fight itself, as well as, of course, the judges' scorecards and that absolutely wild decision. After that, we'll be going around the league with the fastest fight news, talking all about what happened in Fortaleza, as well as other UFC and MMA news from the week. We'll be doing our combat countdown this week. Our top five countdown is of the top five Australian and New Zealand up-and-comers in honor of this weekend's fight card in Melbourne. So, uh, and then, we'll, of course, we'll end the show with the UFC 234 breakdown of the top three fights on this card. We'll look at the odds and who we'd like to win. But before that, we, of course, have to remind you that this episode is brought to you by ADK Fightwear. ADK Fightwear has some of the highest quality jiu-jitsu gear out there on the market. If you do jiu-jitsu or MMA, I highly suggest going to adkfightwear.com. Use promo code TURTLE, T-U-R-T-L-E, all lowercase. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And let me tell you some of the stuff they've got there. They have got really, really, really high quality rash guards. I've got their arm bars and stripes rash guard. This thing, I've had it for months and months and months. It's been through my wash, you know, dozens of times. And the colors don't fade. It's not pilling. The The stitches are all intact. It is absolutely a high-quality rash guard. And when I use my promo code, I got the thing for 20 bucks. That's right. You're not going to find another rash guard on the market for 20 bucks, but you can at ADK Fightwear. So head on over there right now. Don't forget our promo code TURTLE and get yourself 20% off. ADK Fightwear brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. Today I have the pleasure of speaking to Max Griffin, who comes fresh off of absolute war with Thiago Alves down at the UFC on ESPN Plus in Fortaleza. Max, I gotta ask you, after a war like that, how does your body feel in a couple of days after? I feel good, man. I feel good. I didn't take much damage, man. Um, really, my only damage is from to my hands from busting them up so much and my shoulder too it's kind of my collarbone kind of like a rotator cuff thing but it's from landing so many significant strikes <laughs> so <laughs> i don't have any damage from him um but uh yeah man i feel good yeah I wish, you know i wish i wish the judges wouldn't have been corrupt um i spoke to everyone in the ufc uh the fighter i spoke to him his coach Everybody, everyone agrees I won. Um, it's unfortunate, you know, but, uh, you know, I felt it's the best I've looked, you know, uh, I'm getting better and better, man, and all I could do is um, ask to fight again soon, mm-hmm. and, So uh, I hope they grant me that. I think you, you, you sort of touched on it all over in there, too, but... Obviously, when you're going to the to the center of the cage, they're about to read the scorecards. You know, split decision, so they they read his name once. Were you shocked to even hear his name once? Oh, totally. And 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 I won so bad that I wasn't even concerned. I thought they just did that just for some more, uh, make it more exciting. You know? It, yeah. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I was uh, beyond blown away when they said it twice, honestly. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously this is sort of a stigma that, you know, the Brazil, you know, commissions have at this point in time, right? People talk about, you know, Brazil having some of the worst decisions of all time, and I'm sure you could point to, you know, seven or eight of them. Was that even on your mind going into there, or is that something that, you know, no, you don't think of, you never think it will happen to you? No, I didn't think it was. Um, I mean, I knew, you know, we couldn't win, like, a close decision, um, you know. But a landslide decision, that's – I beat him so bad that that didn't go in my head whatsoever. It was not like, oh, we might not have got this or, like, you know, because they told me, you know. I mean, hey, trying to finish him, of course, but I felt like I did more than enough and some. They clearly won the fight. Um yeah, to me, it was 100% clear to the coaches. Like I said, to um, if you look online, uh, there's like there, there's a page with like 40 websites. They all agree. Um, it's like 88% of fans or whatever. It's crazy. Like the scores, you know. I, I have the highest strike differential. You know, <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy to me. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. And you said you talked to a couple of people backstage with the UFC and his coaches. Are, are you speaking specifically about, like, Alves' head coach? And, and who would the UFC well, like, mention? Well, 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 I talked to Alves. You know, he, he goes Brentford. You know, he doesn't feel like he did enough to win, obviously. Talked to him. Uh, Mike Brown said, yeah, we gotta, we got to watch that tape. You know, <laughs> I don't think they did the job. You know what I mean? Even in this interview, I heard he said that, you know, that was enough to get it done in Portaleza, but not anywhere else in the world, mm. you know, any other judges. Um, but I, but I, I've even posted some things that people sent me on the percentages and, you know, I won that third round in everyone's eyes. Like, they did all these polls. And even if you look on the website, um, like, like, like the UFC Twitter things and everything, like, it's controversial, like. <laughs> to say the least. I mean, Mick Maynard told me. I mean, every, everybody, man. Everybody. And, you know, they weren't just stroking my ego trying to make me feel good. Like, I was in there. Like, I won that third round. Yeah, he landed some shots in the second. Um, He won that round. You give it to him fair and square. Um, But I won that third round. And the first round, he was almost TKO'd and saved by the bell, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, so. and I, I think you nailed it there, too. You know, he was saved by the bell in the first. I had that one as a 10-8 and then 10-9 to you in the third. So, I, I mean, I had 29-27. Easy, 27. though. It's not, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not a close fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know? so I got to ask, too, with, with obviously you have talked to Mick Maynard, who's the, the guy who makes the matches, who decides who gets to fight next and w- where you go from here. D- does it make you feel a little bit better that Mick Maynard, the guy who's the matchmaker and is going to decide whether or not you're going up in the division or down in the division, that, that he sort of sees this as a win for you? Yeah, no. Um, like, I talked to Sean Shelby, too. and I, I talked to them both. And, um, you know, for them to tell me I won, you know, that's good. They're showing to me, you know, like. I don't look at it as, you know, a loss for me. Um, I just wish I get my win money. <laughs> you know, I wish I got my win money. 
Um, it's my career, you know, it's my job. Like I don't work. I mean, this is my only job. So if I'm, you know, not getting my win money and stuff when I did win, it sucks, you know? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, um, they didn't do a fight of the night bonus, which they always do. Me and Tiago were in the back, teamed up, like watching in the green room. Like, okay, we still got fight at night. That's not, you know, oh that we were like praying that fights would end quickly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I've been in those situations in the back room where, like, like the Los Santos fight, I got fight at night. Um, we lost, but. You can see which fights are going to be fired tonight. You know, if the stuff ends quick or stuff is boring, that's off the table. So we were right. You know, we, you know, we we prayed for that uh, first fight of the night, and me and Tiago were just looking like, okay, that we were cheering like, okay, he finished him. That's not fight of the night. Oh, that fight was boring. <laughs> and at the end, we were waiting on to the Marais fight at the end, man. And once he finished him, yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we were in it together. And, uh, He's had like seven bonuses, you know, so he was thinking that we might get it. And, uh, you know, when they announced that they weren't even doing a fight of the night, it was lame. I mean, it even says fight of the night on all, you know, on the websites, you know. Um, so that would have been cool. But so I feel like I not only, you know, they did me for 70 grand out there, you know, that I could have made mm -hmm. more. So. It's unfortunate, but I feel good. I feel good. I feel like I perform well. I look good. Um, and I'm healthy, man. You know, I I won the fight. Like, in my mind, I won the fight. So, for me to, to beat Tiago Alves like that, beat him up, bust him up, I'll rest. I'll, I'll grapple him, you know. Um, I feel great. And I'm ready to fight again. That's all I can do is... Um, go out there and make some money. <laughs> yeah, so, you, you know, you, you said you, you just got a little bit of a busted hand, a little bit of a busted shoulder from just hitting him so hard. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 is there any timetable on that return? Do you feel like you could fight again in two months? Do you feel like you could fight again in one month? What what's what are we looking at to see a Max Griffin? I, in, asked, uh, I asked March. I asked if I could fight in March. Um, airport the latest, so... I want to fight a fight that is jump in, a substitution. Like, I'm in fight shape. I'm ready. Um, it's only been a few days. <laughs> but <laughs> I want to get in there, man. I'm telling you, I got I got some uh, I got some angst to let out there, you know? I just want to get out there. I feel like I'm, I'm comfortable out there now. Like, I feel like I do whatever I want out there now, you know? So, um... You know, you you usually feel kind of stiff out there sometimes. It's big. You, it's fucking intense, man. I'm telling you, it's intense out there. But this last time, I felt real, like, honestly comfortable and fast and able to move around and stuff, takedowns and work my wrestling and just to see, you know, just be, I, I feel, I feel good, man. And I want to get back out there. Yeah, and so, you you know, you sort of mentioned in there that you would just take a, a short notice fight, you would fill in for somebody, and, totally. and you're good to go whenever. Uh, so, you know, I, I have to imagine you probably don't have a name that you're looking for next, or, or you don't feel no. comfortable making calls here. No. I just want to fight in the U.S. <laughs> That's it, man. I don't want to fight anywhere where the judges are allowed to be corrupt, and 
I mean, that's my career, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was alternating wins and losses in the UFC, you know, and uh, had some close losses. You know, Dos Santos, fucking Millinder, they were close fights. Easily been the other way around, you know, just a couple adjustments. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so this fight makes me two and four in the UFC. I would have been three and three. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's it's a pain in the ass that, that a judge can, you know, kind of take away your, could change your life. You know yeah. what I mean? could change Absolutely. how your shit goes so i you know all i could do is just ask that i don't fight in countries where, where i could get screwed by the judges i did it's it's cool to travel and stuff and go do this because i like going to places and beating them up but i need fair judging because when you win and then you don't win it's kind of disheartening to me man it's like shit well fuck what do i do now you know <laughs> it's like i'm at home like not knowing how to feel like <laughs> you know, I know I beat him, so mm. you know, and everyone's congrats on the win and all this shit, and I would beat him, but it just sucks that a judge could just, you know, mess shit up like that. Absolutely, and we certainly feel for you, man, uh, because obviously, you know, we scored it that way, as did most of uh, people outside of Brazil, and uh, we're we're pulling for you to get that fight in the U.S. again, man. Uh, I hope it uh, somebody, you know, not to hope somebody gets injured, but I hope somebody falls through, uh, and you can get on one of those cards pretty soon, man. Thank you, man. And that interview with Max Payne Griffin Griffin is brought to you by a brand new sponsor of the show, Maroon. M-A-R-U-N-E, Maroon is a social media app that is specifically designed for people like you and me who do jujitsu. So, let me tell you how this thing basically works. You download it, you can go to the Apple App Store, or you can head to Google Play, or wherever it is you get your apps. Go there, download the thing, and first thing you do is you set up your profile. I've got mine on there right now. You can I can log my purple belt with all my stripes. I can log the gym that I train at. I can log my weight class, which we're not real proud of at the present moment, but I can log my weight class. And from there, they have a ridiculous amount of features that you can play through, and it, it keeps you doing jujitsu, and it keeps you remembering the jujitsu you do. So I, I love this thing. So the, what I did last night was I went on there. I logged my training session. So I went to the gym. I went there and you can train, you can put in what you trained, you can put in where you trained, you can put in how long you trained, whether you trained in a gi or no gi or whatever it is you did, you put all of that in there and if you're the type of person who likes to take notes about what you train because you're worried about forgetting that tiny little detail, they've got a section for notes too. So last night I trained some arm drags and I trained a Dar's choke finish and you know perfected that up a little bit. And I, I put some notes in there about how I want to finish the Darst Joe Pramana. It's really awesome because now if I forget that next time I go to the gym, I've got it right there in my phone. I can pull it right back up and be like, oh, yeah, I wanted to squeeze the elbows a little bit more. So this thing is awesome. And, and it doesn't just log your training sessions. It can do a whole lot more than that. You can set up it up with friends so you can see what your friends out of town are training and how often they're training. Plus, it's got a whole section for you to look at your stats of how often you're training, what percentage you're training in gi and no gi and all kinds of other cool things that keep the jujitsu enthusiasts like you and me on track and making sure that you're making progress towards your goal. So you've got to try this thing. Check it out in the Apple App Store. It's Maroon, M-A-R-U-N-E. 
It's on Google Play. Check it out there. And after you download it, don't forget to friend me, Gumby Vreeland, and we can check out what you're training and you can check out what I'm training. So, Maroon, it is the best social media app in the world for jiu-jitsu enthusiasts. I, of course, am that jiu-jitsu enthusiast, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, here with another fellow jiu-jitsu enthusiast, Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, let's talk a little bit about Max Payne Griffin. What did you think of that decision? Yeah, it was absolutely the wrong decision. There's no doubt about that. I love that Mike Brown stand-up guy that he is went up to him after the fight and told him he thought so, even though it was his fighter that technically won the (laughs) fight. Uh, And really, all you need to know is that it was a hometown decision for Tiago Alves. He's from there, right? Yeah, he's from Fortaleza, or at least that's what they said on the broadcast. And, and, you know, not that Brazil is is always doing stuff like this, but that you're definitely seeing more than this of this in Brazil than you see anywhere else. Yeah, they uh, they're very prideful of their (laughs) fighters. And I guess that extends to the judges. Uh, Good interview, though. I hope to see him bounce back and we'll have him on the show, I'm sure. The next time he fights, uh, I think the UFC will look out for him in the next match after that one. Let's move on, Gumby, to uh, we'll go around the league, around the world of MMA. In our favorite segment, Fastest Fight News, it'll be brought to you in under 15 minutes, or your podcast is entirely free on us. Gumby, are you ready for the Fastest Fight News? Hell yeah. All right, well, let's actually do a little quick uh, reaction to UFC Fortaleza. Uh Jose Jose Aldo uh, had a nice win. Uh, it seems as though he only loses to Conor McGregor or Max Holloway. Really, it to me, the win um, just showed you how dominant Jose Aldo has really been for the last 10, 10 or so years. Um, you know, he got it done against Hanato Moicano uh, with a TKO in the second round. Where does Jose Aldo go from here? I think he's got to fight Brian Ortega. I mean, if you look at the type of people who he has beat uh, in that division, I mean, it's fucking everybody except for Brian Ortega and Max Holloway at this point, right? And Holloway's beat him twice. So, like, what left does he have to do? He, I mean, right behind him was Frankie Edgar, and right behind Frankie Edgar was Hanato Moicano. So, like, wh- I mean, why go further down than that? If, if you're asking me what I would like to see, I definitely would like to see him fight Brian Ortega. There's probably, like, another exciting matchup or two. I mean, I guess Volkanovski would be kind of fun, but you have to imagine it's it's Brian Ortega in a match where you imagine that neither winner has a chance at getting a, a title shot, which is kind of sucks. Yeah, and uh, I actually have to tell you, I like Ortega in that fight, but we'll save that for when it actually happens, and we'll break down uh, and preview it. Uh, in the main event, you had Rafael Asansau, uh losing to Marlon Moraes uh, via guillotine choke, but it was really the fist that got it done for Moraes. He certainly looks uh, to be in line as a title challenger for TJ Dillashaw at bantamweight. What did you make of the whole performance, and where do you go with him? I'm really impressed. I mean, I had him winning and uh, was calling for a TKO, but the the submission made it almost even more impressive because he was willing to dive on it. And he finished it from what seemed like a pretty hard spot. He had to roll for that guillotine, which made it uh, pretty interesting. So uh, I I probably couldn't be more high on Marlon Moraes than I am right now. Um, I think he's a a really exciting challenge for TJ Dillashaw right now. I think the style matchup is interesting. Anything but a title shot for Marlon Marais would be a huge disappointment. 
Well, it was certainly uh, Marlon Marias' night to, you know, stake his claim as a title challenger. And there was someone else who had a performance on this show, a star-making performance, so to speak. Not at the level of a title shot yet, but you really got the feeling that this man is a future superstar. Uh, I'm getting, and I almost hate to say it, but I'm almost getting like those early Connor UFC vibes, just the way he walked into that cage, looked like he was going for a stroll in the park, and TKO Justin Ledette with a spinning back fist. And I, of course, am talking about Johnny Walker. Yeah, and you know what, too? So I, I get that Conor McGregor vibe, too, but there's also like a level of goofiness in like lightheartedness that I think makes him... Uh, you know, obviously different, but also super marketable. It's almost somewhere in between Connor and Israel Adesanya. Uh, not quite as goofy as Izzy and not quite as serious as Connor. Um, I also, if you looked on Twitter afterwards, there's a lot of people unearthing some like early Johnny Walker, including one where he did like a whole Chippendale routine on the way to the cage, which is pretty fucking hilarious. And I mean, let's, let's talk about his two performances, spinning back fist knockout in 15 seconds brutal elbow knockout of Khalil Roundtree a few months earlier. The the dude is can fight and he is a very interesting size for that 205 division at like 6'5 or 6'6. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about where he goes from there and it's a division that needed new blood and it's certainly getting it in Johnny Walker, not to be confused with the whiskey. Uh, let's move around the league a little bit. Aspen Ladd and Holly Holm are supposed to fight at UFC 235. The bout has been called off. No injuries were announced. What do you make of this? I- I'm assuming this means that Holly Holm is next to fight Amanda Nunes. And I-, I-, I would assume at 35, which is not exciting to me at the present moment. But if you're thinking about what this would do for Amanda Nunes' legacy, holy shit, could you imagine her being able to say that she be Cyborg, Rousey, Tate, and Holly Holm? That, that's the most ridiculous resume in the history of, of women's MMA. It would certainly get her the last three bantamweight title uh, holders uh, prior to her winning the title from Misha Tate and then defending against Rousey, the former yeah. champion. And she's got both the featherweight champs, too, right? She has a win over Durantamy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And the and, only uh, feather or flyweight champ, unless you count Nico Montagna. Now, that all being said, I actually really like Holly Holm's chances against her. But if she were to beat Holly Holm, yeah, I mean, it just really cements that whole greatest female of all time uh, stamp, if you want to put it on her. Uh, we'll go, so 135 women has, you know, in a short amount of time, it's really created a a really nice history for itself. It's a strong division. There are a lot of uh, people there that you could consider title challengers that you see being champion. But now we'll talk about a division that is kind of on the downslide. It's it's seen better days. We're talking about 125. Dustin Ortiz, fresh off a loss to Joseph Benavidez, has been cut from the UFC. And uh, Henry Cejudo was someone who actually brought light to this because it obviously doesn't speak to the future of 125. What do you make of it? Yeah, I, I think this seems to be the nail in the coffin. And, and when I looked at the UFC rankings in the morning, too, I noticed uh, John Moraga was not listed on there this morning. And, and maybe I, you know, maybe it's changed since then. I know sometimes they update it and it doesn't go right to uh, 
exactly what they wanted to and they have to edit it. But as of this morning, I didn't see John Moraga on there either, which to me says they are just completely emptying out anybody who they don't see is a champ, right? Like they may not see John Moraga as a champ. They may not see Dustin Ortiz as a champ. It seems like, and Dustin Ortiz is still in the rankings, um, but with Henry Cejudo having said that, you have to imagine that the flyweight division is probably over. Yeah, and guess who's not going to shed any tears over it? This guy right here. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's get all the best guys into 135. I'm ready. All right, that wraps up the fastest fight news. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll move then to our other favorite segment on the show, the Combat Countdown. This week we're counting down top five Australia, New Zealand, up-and-coming prospects from the land down under. Uh, this is brought to you by ADK Fightwear. ADKFightwear.com. Enter in promo code TURTLE. Get yourself 20% off. Slick geese, cool rash guards. They're comfortable. They look good. And you get 20% off with promo code TURTLE. Did I say all that right, Gumby? It is yeah, promo just, code TURTLE just, still. Just make sure TURTLE is uh, lowercase, too, because uh, I know I've had a couple of people message me and be like, can't get the promo code to work. TURTLE, all lowercase. All right, so head on over to ADKFightwear.com. We really love ADK Fightwear. It looks good. It feels good. I also recommend their uh, Slim Westcott soft-shell full-zip jacket. Uh, I have it. It's light, but it's, uh, it's a really nice jacket and definitely good for wearing pre-tournaments or pre-warm-up, pre-going to jiu-jitsu, your MMA fight, pre-any kind of workout, really. It's a really nice warm-up jacket. All right, let's move then to the combat countdown. Uh, top five New Zealand, Australia prospects, and we're going to start, as always, with number five. It's Joshua Kalebao. Did I say that right? Yeah, Kalebao. Uh, Joshua Kalebao, probably, he, first of all, he's going to be the only one on this list that has not yet made it to the UFC, um, but that's just how high I am on him. He fights out of Australian top team, which is where the Mokhtarian brothers are from, uh, both of which are now in the UFC. Uh, he's really young. He's only 24 years old, but he's already 7-0 and and has taken two different regional titles in uh, Australia. And one of the regional titles he took was the Hex Fight Series, which not maybe not a lot of people have heard of Hex Fight Series, but Hex Fight Series has given us Jimmy Crute, who might appear later on this list, and Israel Adesanya. So he's winning a title in an organization that seems to lead to success in the UFC. And at 7-0, and 24 in a brutal head kick knockout the last time out. He is a really exciting prospect. Yeah, now you mentioned the name Israel Adesanya, and for many fans, they might still consider him a prospect. I mean, you know, uh, expletive, holy expletive. He debuted at the UFC just a year ago, yeah. February 11th, 2018, but here he is fighting uh, Anderson Silva, and with a win, we assume he'll be fighting for a title come summer or fall, so... Adesanya has completely lost his prospect status, but this really talks to the amount of talent coming out of this region of the world. Uh, you know, that's also, you could throw out um, Dan Hooker, right? You could throw out uh, yeah. Alex Volkanovsky, even. These are guys who've just lightning bolted their way up the top of the UFC ranks that, you know, even about nine months ago, you could still call a prospect. So anyway, we're dealing with some serious depth here. We'll move then to number four. It's Shane Young out of New Zealand. Yeah, Shane Young is one of the, uh, and you'll see a growing trend here, is one of the ones who's fighting this weekend. So a lot of people said not a lot of star quality on this 
card, uh, but you are going to see a ton of up-and-comers from the area. He trains out of city kickboxing along with the aforementioned Israel Adesanya. At only 25 years old, he's 1-1 one one in the UFC. Uh, his last fight, he looked real sharp, and his only loss was a short-notice fight he took against... Once again, you mentioned Alexander Volkanovsky. He took it on like a week's notice. So, I mean, like, there is no shame in losing a decision to Alex Volkanovsky on a week's notice. So, I feel like you can almost scratch that loss out of his record. Um, and at 1-0, in training with such an awesome team, uh, I've got a lot of promise for, for Shane Young in that featherweight division. Um, we'll move then to our first female on the list. And of course, when you say females from the land down under, you think of Megan Anderson. Uh, but here talking about an up and coming prospect, we're naming Nadia Kassam out of Australia. Yeah. So Nadia Kassam, uh, again, training out of Australian top team. You'll see that that seems to be the, uh, one of the go-to teams down there. Um, with the Mokhtarian brothers, she's only 23 years old. She's already 1-0 in the UFC with a nice win over Alex Chambers. She is moving up to flyweight to fight this weekend against ranked Montana De La Rosa. So Montana De La Rosa is in the top 15. They think highly enough of Kasim to fight. And she has also, I think, got a ton of star quality. Because when you watch her in the cage, she's got that kind of like mean-mugging uh attitude of like a diaz brother she like slaps jabs she taunts her opponents she's really if nothing else incredibly fun to watch and at one and oh in only 23 in a division that's not particularly deep yet uh she could catapult up there pretty quick we'll move to number two and we're bouncing back to new zealand it's kai Kara, france nickname don't blink yeah, and Don't Blink is such a good nickname for him. Once again, you know, not to, to beat the drum here, he trains out of New Zealand City Kickboxing along with Israel Adesanya. Uh, he got the nickname Don't Blink, I'm not sure when, probably back on the regional circuit. But if you watched him, he was actually on the uh, the flyweight season in the Ultimate Fighter where the winner got a fight against Demetrius Johnson. And in the very first fight, he picked up a seconds-long knockout of Terrence Mitchell, who is a tough uh, Alaskan prospect with just like a vicious right hand. And, and you can see that he's like bringing that speed and that power uh, to the UFC because he fought Elias Garcia uh, in his first fight. Super exciting. Moved him up to 1-0. And he's only 25 and he fights this weekend against a guy who I had never heard of before, which is pretty rare, but it's Raulian Paiva uh, out of Brazil, who's also a fun flyweight prospect. So I mean, I enjoy flyweight fights. I know Shockwave Dave does it. Uh, but regardless of whether or not flyweight sticks around, I think Kai Kara France is here to stick around, even if it means that he goes to Bantamweight. Uh, well, very well said, and I, I would hope he does, too. It's not that I want to see all these guys without jobs. Far from the truth. I'd just rather see them at 135 when it's so clear that the UFC is not invested in the in the division long term. All right, we made our way to number one. Let's just run it back real quick. Number five was Joshua Kulabo. Number four, Shane Young. Number three, Nadia Kassam. And number two, Kaikara France. But number one, uh, in our hearts and in our minds, it could only belong to one man. It's Jim Crute. Yeah, Jimmy, the brute crew friend of the show. He is actually the only one not from Australian top team or city kickboxing on the list. He tra trains out a team, Greco. At 
23 years old at light heavyweight, first of all, that's unheard of at light heavyweight, right? Like, when have we seen a 23-year-old at light heavyweight sniffing the rankings? But here he is. He's 1-0 in the UFC. He dominated Paul Craig, won by submission, which is a hell of a task in his first fight. And now we see him this Saturday against Sam Alvey, which is just an insane second fight uh, to, to see... For a guy this young, 23 years old, fighting, you know, 17 fight veteran Sam Alvey. Um, and if he wins, is he going to be in the top 15? He should be pretty much right there. I mean, number 15 right now is Johnny Walker. So uh, does he pass Johnny Walker after that crazy performance? I mean, if he beat the shit out of Sam Alvey, maybe. So we're talking about a guy 23 years old in a skinny division uh, with a ton of promise. All right. If you liked our list, if you hated our list, let us know. We're accepting both love and hate feedback on our Twitter at Top Turtle MMA. We always throw out our list to the fans and take in their feedback. So keep your eye on our Twitter for future combat countdowns at Top Turtle MMA. Can't say it enough at Top Turtle MMA at Top Turtle MMA. All right, let's move to our other favorite segment of the show. It's a UFC breakdown. We got a pay-per-view this weekend, and it's headlined by Robert Whittaker versus Kevin Ga- Kelvin Gastelum. Very excited for the fight. So, Gumby, I will ask you, does any fine company sponsor our UFC 234 breakdown? Well, of course, this UFC 234 breakdown is brought to you by Sheath Underwear. Sheath underwear is literally changing the underwear game. So let me tell you something. First of all, if you're the type of person who does jujitsu and you are training in boxers, you're a sociopath. We don't want you on the mats. Second of all, if you're training with briefs, you probably have gotten that feeling before that you feel like your downstairs is getting absolutely crushed while you're doing jujitsu. Well, you don't have just two options in the underwear world anymore. Now you can check out Sheath Underwear. SheathUnderwear.com. And you're going to find a pair of underwear that is specifically tailored to make you comfortable while you do physical activity. It's got an innovative front pouch that allows your boys to breathe as well as keeping you supported at the same time. So you're not crazy like boxers. You're not tight like briefs. It is a perfect in-between and it is making me and will make you train a whole different way. So head on over to Sheath Underwear and check them out. So, for our UFC 234 breakdown, uh, let's start with the main event in the title fight. I'm taking uh, Robert Whitaker over Calvin Gastelum. Robert Whitaker betting off at negative 245, and I still think there's value there against Calvin Gastelum at plus 200. Um, I I just think Whitaker's got too many skills. Look, Whitaker went toe-to-toe with somebody who punches as hard as Yoel Romero, and he did it twice. I I don't see... Calvin Gastelum tagging him. So as a result, I feel like you kind of have to go with the faster, sharper Robert Whitaker. Uh, in the co-main event, I'm taking Izzy Idesanya at negative 650 over uh, Anderson Silva at plus 475. Look, I don't like those odds, and I would probably stay away from them if I was gambling on this. Uh, but Israel Idesanya is going to win this fight. Uh, Israel Idesanya faster, more creative, and he's actually shown that his wrestling is probably better than Anderson Silva's as well. Whether or not his jiu-jitsu is there, I don't expect him to go to the ground, but I do expect him to be adequate enough 
everywhere to make sure that he finishes Anderson Silva. Uh, and then in the third fight that I'm looking at, I'm looking at Jimmy Crute at negative 135 over Sam Alvey at plus 115. I'm actually kind of surprised Alvey's coming in here as an underdog, but I still like Crute. Crute is a very tough wrestler. He's got very good top jiu-jitsu, and Alvey is well-rounded pretty much everywhere, but you know, his his big finisher is his right hand, so I, I can't imagine uh, him being on the feet long enough to land that right hand, because Crude is going to shoot in pretty damn quick. So, for my picks, I like Robert Whitaker over Calvin Gaslam, Izzy Idesanya over Anderson Silva, and Jimmy Crew over Sam Alvey. And that is going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast on Flow Combat. We thank all of you guys for listening. Uh, we also want to thank our sponsors, ADK Fightwear, Sheath Underwear, and Maroon, M-A-R-U-N-E. Check them out on the App Store. Uh, we also want to thank Flow Combat for having us on each and every week. We could not do it without the fine people at Flow Combat. We also want to remind you, check out our Twitter at Top Turtle MMA on Twitter. We've got all kinds of fun things going on there, including an autograph giveaway brought to you by the fine people at Maroon. So you're going to want to go over and check that out. You're just going to have to pick some fights right to win a big prize. So once again, that's at Top Turtle MMA. I and Daniel Gumby-Vreeland, he was Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we will see you next week.